The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 262 of Real Blend, a podcast that can finally stop nagging Mark Hamill on social mm. media. Hey. My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing editor here at Cinema Blend, and on this week's show... We are going to discuss that new Mission Impossible trailer that dropped the day that we are recording. Uh, we have some new indie footage, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny that we're going to react to. And you know what's weird about that, too, is that tomorrow uh, people at the Cannes Film Festival will have seen Indiana Jones and the Dial oh, wow. of Destiny. So are by they... the time you're listening to this, there will be feedback yeah, about how, they... it, how it is. Can. Are, are they yeah, typically are the allowed to do full reviews? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Full reviews? Yes. Yeah. Just well, no spoilers, yeah. I assume, is the only. Yeah. Wait, wait, I would imagine. Not just reactions. Days. They can do full reviews. I guarantee the trades will have full reviews yeah. tomorrow. Because wow. it, it played a festival. So yeah. it's it's fair game. When does it open? Ju- the end of June. June wow. 30th. Kevin we, Kevin, we could catch a flight right after we're done recording. I'm down. I mean, listen, <laughs> someone someone said this the other day and we'll get into this when we talk about the clips. But Mangold is the reason why I'm excited about that. Yeah, movie. Oh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 I just you know, I'm just he is. And Sean pointed this out in our text thread. He has not missed yeah. from Copland to, you know, Logan to 310 to Yuma to walk the line. I mean, that gives me the Ford Ferrari. Uh, yeah, Ford v Ferrari. I love how like is he? He's so under. I think he's underrated in terms uh, yeah. of just general filmmakers. But anyways, yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, filmmakers, director Louis Leterrier is going to join the show this week, and he's talking about Fast uh, X, Fast Ten, Fast Fast X, mm-hmm. uh, and his stepping in. We we didn't focus a whole lot on. Uh, him stepping in for Justin Lin, because I feel like he did a wave of interviews and answered that question like a bunch of times. So instead, I tried to use our time to really get into the meat of the movie, but really focused on things that were in the trailer. So you can w- listen to this before you go see Fast X. Um, and then when you come back, I think you'll appreciate a lot of his answers. So And also, Sean brings up a good point. Like we as journalists, like we want to ask the best questions, the things that we want to know. But there's a point in a press tour where you just are hearing that answer over and over again. And if you yeah. go there and like then you then you then people are like, well, why didn't you ask it? And then and, and then you go because he already answered it 25 yeah. times. You have to you have to be yeah. able to find a new if you're going to ask that same question, quote unquote, you have to find a new right. way into it. Mm-hmm. that gets something interesting and different and which yeah. is that that is it's a fascinating story sure. you know and i do feel it bad is. that like if you haven't heard him because i mean he legitimately answered the phone and then like five days yeah. later was on set 
calling action. Yeah, and and for what, people, yeah, for people who don't know, I mean, if, in case you're like completely uh, uh, not knowing what's going on with the Fast and Furious films, Justin Lin was originally on as the filmmaker. He's been part of the Fast and Furious franchise for a long time. If you haven't seen Better Luck Tomorrow, I really highly recommend that. He was great on our show uh, yeah. for Fast Nine. Um, I, I don't know how far into production they were on Fast. I think it 10. was day one. I think they were like about to it start was shooting. Day like, one. I, I vaguely this is a memory. Much. But it was wow. like they were it was like I'm pretty sure we got an update that like Fast Ten's shooting and then it was very quickly yeah. looking for a new director. And then just, so Justin check. Justin apparently Justin uh was off the project. Uh there's alleged reasons we can dive into it other other points in time. Um but as as you're gonna hear in this interview, uh the director of Fast Ten, Fast X, is our guest this week, and it's not yeah. Justin Lin. Um <laughs> uh, and this is the incredible Hulk filmmaker, correct? Yes. And he also yeah. did uh Transporters movies with Statham and uh, now you see me. And you know who he was a DP for or assistant director for? Who? Luke Besson. He worked. He worked under Luke Besson for years. Did he, was he on the professional? Uh, I don't or think that Fifth far Element? back. I think Fifth Element. I think he did mm-hmm. some stuff for Fifth Element. See, that's cool. I remember we had Barry Sonnenfeld on like the stories that you get from these guys before they became like the filmmaker that they are, the work that they did. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend like that. That's cool. Also, I got to say, uh, Louis Leuterrier's name is amazing. <laughs> it it <laughs> sure. just flows like pretty perfectly. Great. Um, yeah. pretty great. Just, the Justin Lin, it was it was the first week. I think they said it's days into production that. Wow. He was like, he was like okay. this isn't worth my my mental health was what he, I believe. He was and Justin him. Lin is such a huge part of this. I mean, we got to you know pay respect to him because, you know, he is he is, uh, in my opinion, a big reason why we're this franchise has continued the way it has. It's mm-hmm. made the money that it's made. He's a big practical effects guy. Um, so I'm, I can't wait to see the new one. I know Sean has not seen it. He'll review it later I on. Think the issue was they were days in and Vin hadn't showed up yet. So that's Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Hello, Kev. How are you? Hi, Sean. Gabriel, good to see you guys uh, th- today as always. And uh, I'm pumped up. Uh, man, it's summer movie season is approaching and I just can't wait. I can't wait. This this show. I'm so happy we have this show for the next coming months, uh, just in terms of what's coming out. Like, yeah, it's there's... just so much content, so yep. many topics. Movies are back. Billions of dollars. It's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, we were complaining a bit about having screenings like every night for this week, but they're yeah. big things. They're like, I saw Fast X and then I saw Little Mermaid and I'm off to the boogeyman. And so it's 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 all good stuff. And so um, if you're yeah. watching us on the YouTube channel, you'll recognize Gabe Kovach is sitting in the Jake Hamilton chair. Jake had to do some on air reporting at the time. If you're also while you're on the YouTube channel, thank you so much for coming here. Uh, hit subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave us a comment down below. Uh, continue to weigh in with the notification crew. Send us feedback as well, too. I love hearing from you guys about things that you like and don't like about the show. Uh, we're at youtube.com backslash Real Blend podcast. Um, if you would like to sign up for even more Real Blend, we have something called the Real Blend Premium. It gets you an ad free version of the show and a newsletter written by myself. And I'm going to have one out this week to everybody. Um, so check the description for information on where you can sign up for that premium. Uh, oh, and I forgot to mention, in addition, you get a, an additional show from us on on Mondays. So plenty more Real Blend coming your way. All right. I, I don't want to wait much longer on this one because it's a really great conversation. Louis Leterrier joining the Real Blend podcast to talk about Fast X. How are things going? You doing okay? Good, great, great, great. Everything. I mean, great. It's the, it's it's the it's at the, the same time the end of an amazing journey and just the beginning. It's like it's insane and it's like yeah, it's very very exciting and it's 
nerve wracking and and I want to hide under a rock and at the same time go to see every movie and every theater and experience the 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 the, the, the joy with the audience. So I don't know. It's, I'm, 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 it's, 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 my my brain is exploding. My heart is exploding. <laughs> I know, I know the getting over that finish line has got to be extremely difficult. So no, it's uh, the finish line is one thing. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's releasing your baby and having the world um, see it at the right. moment. Yeah. So um, essentially we're a filmmaking podcast, uh, real blind. We like yeah. to get into the nuts and bolts of the filmmaking process. And I want to start yeah, with um, a scene that people are very familiar with because they've been able to see it in the trailers, but still not quite understand the scope of it, which is the Rome sequence. Uh, with, with the bomb rolling through the city. And I want you to tell me uh, something in that sequence that um, physically happens uh, that we would assume is CGI, but that you managed to do practically. Uh, you know what? Every, every, apart from a giant explosion destroying room, most of it was done for real. It's just a, a, a mix of different elements that were put together. One thing that really was complex and and done done practically was that giant bomb rolled down the streets of rome it was a one ton obviously not a bomb but recreated a one ton metal ball that was rolled down this you know ancestral city uh where everything is perfect and 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 cannot be um rebuilt and we had to you know have we had cables holding it and everything but frankly we could not miss uh the stunt and 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 the only thing to really stop it was that car was dom's charger okay uh, <laughs> and we did it for real we set it up and you know, we set it on fire we blew up um uh, gas stations all that stuff was done for real uh in rome the 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 they gave us the key to the city Rome, you know, the, 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 the town government and, and the city of Rome and the mayor they just opened their their streets to us and just said all right go ahead just, just create magic but give it you know don't break anything yeah <laughs> yeah leave some of us standing please yeah, exactly the one that caught my eye is the bus the bus caught my eye the the bus was done for real uh and to add to the complexity of the bus, you know, it's just, you have, you, you cannot do it 10 times. You don't want to do it 10 times because sure. it's very complex and expensive and dangerous, but to add uh, uh, more complexity, we had shots inside the, the bus with passengers, real, real passengers uh, having to jump out of the way as this ball was rolling, but they knew, we knew the point of impact is, but the bus was rolling, but it was, there's always a chance of the stuff moving. So, so you know, you, as a stuntman, you have to go, do I move left? Do I go right? It's kind of like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, do I, where, where will the ball hit? And when, it, there's a little bit of, of being, everything was done perfectly. We, nothing was broken. No one was hurt. It was, it was done absolutely perfectly. You know, we, 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 we spun, uh, we blew, giant two-ton hummers up in the air. Uh, it's just like we, we, we did it all. The one thing that we could not do was, or we didn't want to do because the place is a, you know, it's, it's absolutely superb and, and, and very fragile. All those Spanish steps, you know, uh, the moment where the ball starts rolling again and then stops it and, you know, has to 
knock it away from from uh, from the crowd and say just a couple of dogs and all that stuff so that stuff we couldn't do for real then mm-hmm. there so we recreated the whole we did the top and the bottom and we recreated the whole spanish steps and shot some plates with people throughout the spanish steps we recreated the car on other steps like the same looking spanish steps that we built in a on a back lot in in london and then we shot that for a couple of days and and it went really well and then the day after we were done with the, the, that, that Spanish step sequence. I, you know, it was the weekend. I opened my eyes. I heard, you know, turn on the news, and I heard Spanish steps. The car goes down. I was like, oh, they, they must tell us. And the tour- Maserati is like, no, that was not Maserati. The tourist took his car, rented a Maserati, and drove the car down the steps. And did and broke basically <laughs> yeah, did the stuff and then did what we didn't want to do and broke uh, and broke the steps. And they re- I, I was there uh, last week. They, they repaired them, but I, I was like, no, I, we're not guilty. No one saw us doing anything. That's not us. No, the trailer was not out. We didn't, you know, didn't inspire anyone. Right, that right. choice. Just yeah. No, no, no. It's not me. It's not me. Some rogue Toretto <laughs> got loose. Some rogue some, some Torettoism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's uh, obviously you've talked about the fact that you loved Fast Five uh, and mm-hmm. and there yeah. are key sequences from Fast Five that are pivotal to the start of this. I want to know how many times you think you had to watch the bank heist scene to make sure that the action you were going to include matched up visually with shots that already existed uh, in that finished film. This is possibly the greatest moment, action moment in the whole franchise, possibly the greatest moment, you know, one of the greatest moments in cinema history. Uh, uh, I had to not only watch it cut in a movie with sound effects, but also had to watch all the dailies, everything that had been shot in Brazil. Because what we needed to do was to rush them on the, uh, the, the, that scene to mm-hmm. make it, to, to show it through the angles, uh, through the eyes of the, the Reyes, you know, so make Dom Toretto and Brian O'Connor the villain. Um, uh, so I went through the dailies, we went through everything. We rebuilt it. We realized the scenes that we missed, the, the connection moments that hadn't been shot then that we need to shoot again. Uh, we also identified some shots with different drivers where I could use motion control and put Jason Momoa behind the wheel, uh, uh, Joaquim de Almeida uh, interacting with Jason Momoa as his son when he was completely, you know, in the original movie, there were like, you know, two different cars and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, you know, not only did I watch and recreate everything, I've, I, I put myself in the, in the shoe, you know, in Justin Lin's shoes then and, and said, oh, what if you shot it differently? What if you shot it? You know, I understood how Justin had shot it and how Spiro Rosados, who's our, you know, common second year director, uh, did all the stunts. And then, yeah, and then we, we rebuilt that story with a, with uh you know Kelly Matsumoto who's our editor and uh and and the other nice mate our editors and they they they're everybody's like so like this crew this team that I you know inherited is just like the greatest team in Hollywood and 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 yeah I I just loved loved projecting myself 13 years back a little bit what I wanted to ask you about too is stepping into the team because you know there's people who have worked on this 
franchise for so long. It did it have yeah. a feel of almost like joining say you know it. the Yankees? Say it. Family, you that's what you wanted oh, to say. Family <laughs> joining a family, say yes. <laughs> no, I wanted to say like a like a, a team operating at the highest yeah. level, you know, yeah. that you could kind of throw something at them and just marvel at what they can do. That's you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big sports guy, so I won't use uh, the analogy because I'm terrible at it. But I, yes, it's exactly that. And I'm like the new guy that comes in, and you know, I've worked with some of them, but separately, some actors, but separately. This is a completely gelled, perfect team. Knowing how to move, you're moving at one uh, as one, uh, um, uh, ready also to change at, at you know you change directions any moment like really able to give their best any moment so obviously you know i you know i came in late but i i had all my ideas so i could not just say well you know let's go with what was planned i said what i'd love to do here is this no problem let's go there was never a moment when i was not given the best of what they could Give me uh, 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 greatest, greatest crew in Hollywood. I have nothing but love for them. Dom tells uh, Han in one very important scene that it's all about passing your skills down to the next generation. You know, that mm-hmm. you're essentially working to make them better uh, so that they can continue to Im- improve on things. And I'm I'm wondering if there was ever a veteran director or, or filmmaker who who passed you valuable information along the way that, that you're maybe still using to this day and even made you better. Uh, working on Fast X. Yeah, very much so. No, no, I, 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 absolutely very much so. So I uh, I grew up in a family uh, uh, made of filmmakers. My dad was a, an actor who turned, well, was actor in one movie, but then uh, became a director, an AD and then a director. My mom's a costume designer. Uh, my godmother's an actress. Like, you know, I grew up, like I grew up in the movie business. So, so I've met so many amazing act- uh, directors, actors uh, throughout the years, from Alain René to Jean-Paul Rapneau to to Robert Altman to Ilya Kazan to, I mean, so many incredible uh, directors. But I didn't know I would become a director. So, you know, I, I, that was like, I was like, ah, you know, now that I know. Like, ah. <laughs> and then I started working with great directors. I, I worked with um, my first movie, I mean, I worked as PA. I mean, I saw uh, Brian De Palma shoot something. I saw John McTiernan shoot something. But like, I was not. I was a PA. It's not like I worked closely. But I, as a an AD and or, or evolving AD, I worked with uh, Jean Pierre Jeunet. You know, I was an amazing French director. And frankly, the man, my my truly big brother of cinema of directing is Luc Besson. Like he's the one that 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 saw me. That recognized something in me and just made me a director. I was just a bumbling, you know, movie journeyman. You know, I would do like, you know, like, yeah, I'd be an AD here, I'd be a stadium operator there, I'd be this. I just love being a part of the wonderful, just industry that 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 uh, filmmaking is. But he was like, you're, you're there. You're a storyteller. You're a, you're a filmmaker. Um, and he gave my, give me my. First of all, he said he made me come closer. He welcoming in his inner circle in his creative process. So I saw that. And then one day, as I was sort of like dipping my toes and shooting like you know an insert of this, insert of that, it just literally like you know kicked me in a deep end of the pool. 
and gave me a movie transporter, the first transporter, mm-hmm. and said, uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, you're ready. But I was 26, very, very young. 20, you know, movie came out when I was 26, so I was 25. Yeah. So that's, that's, oh, that's very young. I wish, I, I wish, I wish I'd been, uh, I, I still hope to, that's why I'm producing a lot these days because I, I just love to work with other, you know, with Lord and Miller, with like, you know, different directors that like, you know, I'm like, I, 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 I produce and by producing, I mean, I inspire on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absorb as much as you can. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah, they tell me, yeah, they come to me, they come to me with your ideas and like, email. I was like, hmm, very interesting. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those things that you can only get better at by, by doing it, you know, yeah. directing, um, or like you said, putting yourself in a position to, to watch others do it and maybe take some ideas. Yeah. I mean, you know, completely, you're right. Absolutely. Like the, the, the physical moment of directing but you know you, you you're not a director until you you it's like after transporter was not a director after unleash was not it's like it takes it you i mean yes i've done movies but it's hard to you have to really understand you 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 can be one type of director or you can be an evolving director and i hope I, that's why i'm i'm more of an evolving director like every time i do something i learn and that's why when you look at my my resume, it's so weird. Like, it's like, you know, it's just a guy that has no career path. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, he's like, yeah, but I'm not like looking at, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to do this, to de- get to this, to, you know, to, I'm like, I'm, I, I work, my passion guides me, my passion for the material, my, my passion for an actor, my passion for, for a theme. That's what guides me. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing also is like, you know, watch, keep watching movies. So many people in our industry stop watching movies. Like they, they're filmmakers, they're, they're, they're uh, movie makers, but, or, or TV or, you know, whatever, but they don't see the stuff. And that's, that's, you have to be curious. I think, I think what makes a director, a director is that we keep, we are curious. We mm-hmm. want to tell a story. We want to, you know, we're sponges. We want to, you know, it's not like me, me, Louis telling you what I needs to happen. It's me, Louis taking a theme, like for example, fast and shaping it the way I see it. And then, mm-hmm. and then offering it to an audience and the audience giving me what they love or not, you know, what they think of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are the exact same age, um, and I would imagine that we grew up on a lot of the same movies. And I kind of bring that up because to me, the fast films have have evolved with each new film, in my opinion, to become the equivalent of our modern day sort of Bond series. Uh, yeah. And I would almost this, like I think you and I, they have this globetrotting aspect of it. They're they're exaggerated to a certain extent. Most of them are only as good as their particular villain. Um, and, you know, yeah. our wheelhouse would have been sort of the Moonraker octopusy view to yeah. a kill type thing did you look to them at all when seeking inspiration am i completely reaching when i connect those two i no no you're not reaching uh yes absolutely i mean you know maybe not moonraker it's, it's true like moonraker is a very special space in my place in my heart but it's like <laughs> if you look at it now you're like really um, but uh but but uh no yes i mean uh i also wanted to come back, you know, stay away from what other people do so well, Bond, Mission Impossible, the sort of like spy of it all, and come back to more of a human story, how one person or group of individuals uh, with the right moral compass and and knowing what, you know, 
what truth means to them, what freedom means to them, uh, go to go through to 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 defend what they believe in. You know, so so I did away with the with the agency. So you know, like I mean, they're they're still there and everything, but I did away with the spy tech a little bit and all that stuff, and went back to more human themes. Mm. But it's true that 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 globe trotting aspect. It's it's the way you know. In a sense, fast has evolved with the world. The world in you know 1997 when they started conceiving fast. You know when you know 2001 when it came out was you know a little bit closed in. You know and then you know internet came and just we opened up and then we watched movies from different things and different areas and different Mm -hmm. different people and we started talking to each other and be interested in politics from the and I think the world has. When when the you know the the sort of like geopolitical uh, uh, interests were very much contained to spy the spy genre, now it's it's widened up because our reality is global. You know, mm-hmm. our, you know what 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 you know you do, Sean, today will impact and you know affect somebody in West Africa tomorrow. You know, you know they'll listen to your podcast and be you know. So it feels like now the world has evolved, and I think the individuals can make a change. You know, can make a difference, and mm-hmm. and our agents of change. You know, we are not, we're not, we not, we. It, it's not because there's a giant spy agency that you know the the world changed. No, if you together are fighting for the truth, and you know, you 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 will affect the change. So I think it's this. I think that's that's what that's what fast is now, uh, and and where we are, and that's why I was very confident in saying that we can do away with the 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 spy tech and the the, the you know the the the, the g- giant agency stuff and go back to very much zooming in on the individuals even when the god's eye gets passed around to different people it's not like a significant thing it's just like oh here it is move it along well because god's eye when he came up god's eye when he came out was was truly uh, uh modern almost sci-fi and it's a, a, a true reality that you know even you have access to so like you know you know uh, uh face you know facial recognition and you know is it, it's in every airport, every bus station. Frankly, in uh, you know every mall, every street that you go in, you know. So, sure. so that's not sci-fi anymore. It's it's reality. Oh, there's that line um, when they end up in London, and I think they say, "Oh, great, you picked the city yeah. with the most cameras." <laughs> it's true, but it's true. Like you, you you look up in London, there's like cameras everywhere. You're tracked everywhere. So it's kind of like you know we were sci-fi. We were we live in a world of sci-fi now. What really makes a difference in today's world, really today's world, and that's what makes people, you know, people different, and you know, with the voice that they have on the internet, is who you are deep inside, your moral compass, and how you behave, and how, you know, what's what's the truth, and what's what you're thinking, you know, what are you thinking, you know, how altruistic are you? Can you defend? Uh, can you can you uh, uh, you know chase a giant bomb down the streets of Rome to to save the people? That you know you don't know, but just at least you know the, the, you know that you know are of their own life and family, everything. That you know, f- fight for the truth, fight for the right stuff. You know, there's so many familiar faces um, in the franchise, obviously, and the, and they expand with each new one. But there's an actor that I, I I'm gonna guess you don't get asked about a lot, but who I'm just in love with, and that's Alan Richson. Um, you talk about what he brings to the project. Uh, I love him in the Jack Reacher show, and I think he looks like 
He belongs in the Fast Universe when we meet him here. Uh, he just looks to me like such a charismatic actor. What is he like as a collaborator? He's incredible. He's, he's, he was, you know, everybody had their stub dates and, and you know, they, they came in, came out, everything. Alan started the day I started on set and then finished the day I finished. He was, he was the, he was my, my true collaborator, like during the entire process with Vin Diesel. Like we saw each other every day. We were on the, you know, that bridge scene, like, you know, we shot it in several pieces and, you know, we, we were there. He is incredible. He's, he he's the cr- most amazing specimen of a of a man of an actor that there yeah. is. It you know I I was in you know so we saw each other again at the premiere everything, but I was warning people. I was telling like you're about to see someone like you've never you know a a an actor like you've never witnessed before, because not only is he six foot five you know. 250 pounds of lean, lean muscles. He's got the perfect smile, soulful eyes, an amazing, you know, family man. He's, he's just, he's just, he's the loveliest guy. And to top it all, the b- most brilliant of actors, his first day jet lag upset was, you know, on set was that first scene when he tells the story and everything. Pages and pages and pages of dialogue looking, obviously nothing because that stuff had to be comped in afterwards. Mm. And he just like nailed it, nailed it. He gave me, I gave him like some, some, some alts. He just nailed them every time. He's just like the love. He's, he, it's so beautiful to see a, it, it happened to me before, like it happened to me once or twice before, where you see the birth of a superstar. I'm not saying a star, a birth of a man, of a woman of, that's going to change cinema, rule cinema and change cinema forever. Yeah. And that's Alan Richardson. Like I, every day, I was like, I was like in awe of his performance every day. Like, you know, I, I'd seen, I'd seen Richard. You know, I'd, I'd see him, at, you know, in Ninja Turtles, but, you know, obviously, but like, I, I was like, I was not, I was not like, like it, 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 I, you know, it's so rare to discover a movie star. You know, I just, I, I, it happened to me a few times before, but this was truly exceptional. I was going to say, can you name another example? Another one jumped to mind? Well, and I met him again on this one, Jason Statham. Like, you know, when we, you know, Jason Statham was, who was, a really fun but you know secondary character of the guy richie universe in snatch and we just you know we we decided to cast him in the transporter and just the the charisma that just this 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 just this thing that comes out of them that oozes out of them and and it brings it sort of like and, and sort of like makes this your movie more than just a movie but a star vehicle a you know it that happened yeah with me with 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 uh with jason and i met like you know and and you know i met like chris hemsworth in the beginning of his career that was the same thing like you you see these people you 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 see them and they're you know and you know where it, it, the thing also they they're all so nice really like they're so like no one you know you always you hear all these stories of like you know no, that actor is the worst. Everything they're all so nice and hardworking and, mm-hmm. and exceptional, um, and and they fit so well in a giant ensemble like like fast like mm-hmm. where 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 everybody gives their best, works pretty hard. It's not because you have 
uh, uh, won two Oscars, uh, you know, EGOT winners, uh, da, 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 you know, giant superstars, and you, they're welcome. They're 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 part of the the team, the family yeah. uh, forever. No, Alan is a yeah. Watch out, the world. Alan, you know, Alan Richardson is coming for you. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, I have to ask if the studio had any kind of pushback, Louis, um, for the the scene with the corpses in the toenail painting. No, that they 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 forced me to put it in. I, we shot. I honestly, I tell you, they asked me to put it. Not forced me. They asked me to put it in. Yeah. We we I, I shot it almost as a joke. Not really as a joke, but like almost as a oh, it would be great as a DVD extra or as a thing, you know, for a long version. I think because I was like, oh, but, but you always see Dante's character, you know, Dante in his as a peacock, you know, always like you know showboating for the world always doing this stuff and i was like how is he like is he that crazy how is he intimately what's his uh what's his everyday life and just to you know create a close with this with these two nerdy uh tech guys from cypher and just like you know finishing that story i thought it was really funny so i asked and then they they, they you know i put it in we started testing test screening it and then frankly the studio was like yeah, we have to put it in. It's crazy. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. They're telling me I'm I'm out of time. I just want to ask, are you officially okay. signed on for, for the uh, next one for Fast 11? 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm, we already started working. It's a, it's very, it's a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity. I've directed two thirds of a Fast and Furious movie. I've never prepped one. So I'm excited to, I'm excited <laughs> to prep the next one. Uh, uh, to go around the world and to pick the locations and to get excited. And now it's, it's to have Vin Diesel as a partner, to have Universal Studios uh, as partners and, and our amazing producers and, you know, Michelle. I mean, this cast, as I told you, it's like they're, they're, they see each other all the time. We see each other all the time. We, 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 hang out we're we whatsapp we text we're just like we're 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 one and just to be able to not come in as a journeyman director that says you know good luck with the thing just like to really come in and frankly as a fan to be able to bring this franchise to what we all think is going to be the apex of uh you know with the ending mm-hmm. is is the the the, the most the, i mean it's the most incredible and and uh task that that was given as a director so uh, i will not mess it up i promise you uh louis it was a real pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show man it's it's always great thanks, to get a uh, chance to talk to you so. and um we'd love no, to get you me. back thank on you. for everything that you do moving forward so so please stay in touch oh you're amazing thanks and then i do want to hang out in your room because it's amazing you're welcome anytime uh, open invitation dude, and and happy birthday very soon big one big one for us uh, yes exactly mine's yeah. february <laughs> uh when is yours oh. Uh, June, June 7th. Oh, you're so, really yeah. coming up on it. Very coming, very coming. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, good luck. Congratulations, <laughs> my friend. All right, thanks. Talk soon. All right, All take right. care. Bye, Sean. Bye. Talk soon. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. 
Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And we are back. Of course, thank you so much for Louis Leteria for joining the show. And he is, of course, welcome back anytime. Uh, he will be doing Fast 11. And so hopefully we'll get him back for the show when Fast that 10 and happens. a half? What are they calling it? Yeah. Know, well, fast apparently, 10.5. Yeah, our friend Naz was on the carpet in Rome. I think she got the exclusive that there. this is going to be a, tri a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we all thought it was going to be two parts. And now it's going to be a trilogy. I, listen, I don't care. They can make 30 of these. I will keep going. I mean, they're they're... Clearly, the audience wants to see these. And yeah. apparently, from what you guys have told me, this feeds exactly what I want as a fan. So if take 20 more, man, I don't care if if they end up making it four instead of three. Can we refer to this one as <laughs> 10 and one quarter mile? <laughs> that's actually that's pretty, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, I wanted and, to yeah. ask him if he knew the title of Eleven. Um, but oh, that's funny. It's probably too soon. I always, I mean, you have to give them credit, by the way, with these movies, because I, I don't remember the exact linear order. Um, but it's like it's like one, two, four, five, six, three, four. I don't remember how it goes, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. It, it's it jumps all over yeah. the place in terms of uh, timeline. But like they've really done a good job with the titles. Like I love that the first one's the Fast and the Furious, and then the fourth one was Fast and Furious, and they they, yeah. they and then sometimes they don't use Furious. Like this one doesn't have it. Um, you or know, even just Fur like Furious Seven. Seven. But, like, yeah, they, they just know. Yeah, Fast, <laughs> Fast and Furious, Furious Seven. Yeah. And I'll tell you, even again, Kev, there is a moment in in the middle of this one where you reach a point that you've already watched. And oh, you, cool. I love that when that happens. Like you talk about the time, the timeline. Yeah. Cool. And you'll be like, oh, wait, I saw this. Now That's we're cool. at it. <laughs> kind of thing. I like it's that. Really, yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, yeah. All right. So between Fast X, which is a very easy title, we have now have the um, incredibly long title <laughs> Mission <laughs> Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One uh, with a new trailer that just dropped recently. I mean, there's nothing else that they could show me that will get me more on board with By this the, I didn't need another trailer. I'll say that about this. Same yeah, for sure. Can I, for sure. I, I got to point this out. I said this to you guys in the thread. This was one of the funniest things I ever seen. Some someone online makes these parody accounts for for like these film Twitter sites. And the, remember the Dune, the Dune one? Like it was like it was like breaking news. This was like a parody. It was like breaking news. Dune part two being divided into two films. It'll be <laughs> Dune part two, part one and Dune part two, part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was so brilliant. <laughs> Anyways. 
dead reckoning part one here's the thing i love about this trailer um i still have no clue what the story is and it's this is this trailer felt very james bond going up against specter blowfield like it felt like i know that ethan hunt is the james bond you know uh, yes. a mirror to uh, in America kind of thing. Right. But this one felt very James Bond. There's also an element too where like one of the guys says about Ethan, like the world is going to be coming for you. And they show what looked to be a series of like assassin type characters. Cause Pom Clementiev was in some of the footage I saw at CinemaCon and she just looks like a lunatic in a, in a <laughs> gun for hire type thing. And it makes me wonder if there's like a bounty put on Ethan's head where everybody's trying to take him out. I, I saw a tweet today that actually was smart and I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but it was actually interesting. They said in the last four mission films, and I, and this is actually true because I, I love this series. We don't really, who's he been fighting the last four movies? If you actually think about it, like what, like the, what we go to these movies because the action's great. The stunts are great. The filmmaking's great. The storytelling's great. I mean, yeah. the performances are amazing. But it is a strange thing that, to think about when I even when I watched the new trailer today, it's like, who is he fighting against? Like, do you remember who he fought in four and five well, and six? So and- loosely, it's this group called the Syndicate. Correct. And Henry Cavill's character, you know, was a part of the Syndicate. And the other one is Sean. Um, I don't remember the, the man's last name. That, the red that guy was guy. great. And he's a guy. That guy is great. He was from the Green Knight. Remember, he was uh, he's an he's amazing actor. Outstanding. Yeah. And he's yeah. kind of been in each of them as like a representative. I think there's a bigger organization like for Bond, it's Spectre. And I kind of think for Mission, it's this syndicate. But you're right. It's always like and, yeah. and whatever they have to get is always some kind of just a MacGuffin, you know, right. to keep them moving sort of deal. I mean, Fast has a very similar thing. Like exactly. I rewatched Fast 9 and there was like a piece that they had to re- retrieve <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And it will if it falls into the wrong hands, it's going to be extremely deadly kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, and, the, and the Fast films, uh, Fast and Mission. And again, you could talk about quality all you want, but they're, you know, they're similar in a sense that, you know, it's just it's just the next one's upping the next one. The action, yeah. the, the characters that you love and the team and the group together. Um this trailer, though, I, I'm with Gabe. I don't I, I didn't think it was necessary. Um, I actually will say weirdly. And again, I'm not trying to get into a negative CGI discussion here, but the train falling at the end of that trailer did not look super great. I don't know if the effects are done on that yet, but when you're watching a film that has so many practical effects and actual stunts, like you see Tom Cruise drive off that cliff on the motorcycle and then you see yeah. a CG shot later, there is like a, it's a strange thing because you have to use CG for things that are absolutely impossible to pull off, of course. Sure. Yeah. But at the same time, um, Listen, I, I I'm all in. I'm very much in. I I will say that the stunts that he's done in the past mission films excited me more than some of the ones I've seen so far in this. Now, okay, the the motorcycle jump is amazing, but Were I would you argue disappointed that we saw the finished like we didn't see the whole scene. But given that they already released like this is the big stunt behind the yes. scenes, I was a little disappointed to see so much of that. Already, I think. Well, the, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I'm I think the the Good news to your point there will be how it's going to look in IMAX. Absolutely. It'll feel different at that scale or even just a regular screen. Like it'll. Yeah, it'll definitely still work. Fairly confident that that base jump is the beginning. How he's getting onto the train. I think he has to base jump to land onto the land on the train. Makes sense to me. 
I think. Then does he, then does he Spider-Man the train? <laughs> he might. He might actually do that. Um, Listen, at the end of the day, Macquarie, oh, I like yeah. like Mangold. I have absolutely no no uh, worries. It's I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I'm still a Ghost Protocol guy, and I love yeah. Rogue Nation. Uh, I will defend John Woo's uh, Mission Impossible too. If, if I you love want to fight, fight me too. on that, I've got um, I've got Tom Cruise hair right now. Mission Impossible. You definitely, too. you definitely <laughs> you really do. do. Yes, you're growing um, it out. But in all honesty, like you think about the filmmakers who have been involved in these projects. I mean, I always forget De Palma started the, yeah. the film yeah. series. And, you know, you think about how different these movies have gotten. They've, you know, they've gotten to that, quote unquote, fast and furious level of insanity. Like, like every time they're talking. Okay. But, but still very things. grounded. Grounded. You're not, yeah. I'm not you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think to me with fast, though, is the characters grounded, even though it's insane. Um, but in this in this trailer, yeah. I'm with Gabe. Like I, the trailer actually didn't blow me away. But I'm, I think I'm already so sold that I don't need it. Um, but I watched Let me ask it for a question. work. Let yeah. me ask a question, um, because one of the things and I, I guess we'll talk about this in the fast um, uh, review section, but I appreciated a new director's uh, voice, mm. even just in even just in little choices that he made to to give you fast, but give you fast in a different way. Love Macquarie. Macquarie's amazing. It, is there any part of you guys that wishes that another filmmaker got a crack at at a mission movie the way I, that early on they were doing? That? I think Can the I biggest take... problem is Cruz probably wouldn't do it without him. Probably sure because they're 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 so synonymous now. I mean, Macquarie had a huge part in Top Gun with the writing, and and I, he was on the carpet. We we know. And I but think... imagine but imagine Tom Cruise paired with Guy Ritchie to make a Mission Impossible. Yeah, oh, I, right. I mean, right? I mean, something like but that. Also, but also this, not just not just what mission would get, but yeah. can I get Christopher McQuarrie doing something else? Yeah, right. Yes, I mean, exactly. Not I mean, that I'm I mean, disappointed in these, but also I know that yeah. he's capable of blowing me away in some. Because think about the J.J. Yeah. Abrams one. The J.J. Abrams one kind of kind of fits apart from everything else. And it's terrific. It has Dude. a has a slick TV feel to it, but it's amazing. My, my my first of all, Philip Seymour Hoffman's so good in that. Oh, uh, yeah. Second of all, that third one actually could, still. Sorry, ha- sorry, Kev, just put that. That's the pull quote for anything he stars in. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is so good in that. He's awesome. <laughs> but Mission Three still has one of my favorite mission action sequences: the scene on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's like this this phenomenal shot when that I guess the missile hits the bridge and and Cruz just gets blown back on this car. And I, I'm ne- I will never forget. I will never forget seeing that for the first time. It blew my mind. And then you go on mm-hmm. to protocol and everything. But listen, I mean, I think we're all in on this show. We, listen, we love Macquarie. We love practical effects. It looks great. Rebecca Ferguson is going to be awesome. Oh, oh, I do want to mention the shot in the trailer that did excite me okay. was that one where like it looked like they were like the train maybe had crashed and they were lifted off the ground in slow motion. Oh, yeah. That, that was great. looked really was cool. that Haley atwell or was that rebecca ferguson i think it might have been Haley atwell they i, I tell. felt i felt couldn't throughout tell. the trailer there was a lot of like which one was that who was okay that? It yeah. felt, a lot of it felt very maybe it was just because it was very action heavy but i was that shot know, was awesome i feel about the mission team the way that kevin feels about the fast family like sure i'm yeah. just i'm fired up to spend more time with ving rames and simon Pegg and Rebecca Ferguson and I just think that they're terrific. So. Is this the only thing Ving Rhames is doing? Just fast, just uh, mission films? Because like, like obviously we all know him as Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction and like a lot yeah. of great films from that time period. But I only feel like I ever see Ving Rhames show up in mission movies, which which he's great in. 
Um, but I, I don't know. Is he doing anything else? He was in. He was in. He was a voice in Wendell and Wild. Okay. Oh. Um, hmm. He was in a TV miniseries this year called Legacy. Was in a movie called The Locksmith. And he has five upcoming titles. Two of them are Mission Impossible. <laughs> One of them is Garfield. Oh, jeez. And Chris Pratt's uh, voicing Garfield, right? Probably. I, I think he is actually probably, voicing probably. Garfield. No, I, I'm pretty sure he is. I, no, I think I, you're I right about you. that. I believe you. I, I think you're right about that. Um, all right. So we also saw, or most people got to see, the Indiana Jones clip that was shown to me at both Star Wars Celebration and CinemaCon, I have weighed in on it. Um, Gabe, you have something interesting to to pull from this. So to get to set people up, it is an extended version of the uh, car chase scene, essentially, um, that we have seen in the Indiana Jones thing where Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Indy are racing along in these mini scooter-esque type things, and they are trying to retrieve the dial of destiny from Mads Mikkelsen's character as he races away in a car. And um, my commentary was a bit about the green screen, which I find very jarring uh, in the way that they cut back and forth between what does look like a very practical chase. And then when they have to get up closes of the actors, it feels like very much something that was shot in a in a studio. Um, And I don't think I think that there's a way you can blend those two together better than what I'm seeing so far. But Gabe, you saw something that that really you you saw this at CinemaCon on a big screen, though, didn't you? I did. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Because my theory was like, I wonder if it's just because I'm looking at this on my laptop or my phone. I don't I don't disagree with you on on how that looks. But but I know that a lot of the conversation was getting tied up on us and and, but like on Twitter and in general about like, oh, what if the effects aren't great in this and that's really distracting? And that's and that's a fair criticism if that's what the finished movie looks like. But I think the reason that they keep showing this clip, at least to me and what this clip told me, is that it that felt like Indiana Jones. Okay. Like that felt like the it didn't feel like, you know, not that not that Mangle's not gonna make it his own. Um, I mean, he's making a movie. You have you have to follow your instinct. You can't just, you know, call up Steven Spielberg and say, what would have you done? <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. not really the job. But I, to me, this felt like he was very conscious about the world of Indiana Jones, the style of Indiana Jones, all the way down to where he's like placing his camera underneath the cars. That isn't, you know, maybe it's informed by Ford v. Ferrari, but it feels the way he's moving his camera around this car chase like an Indiana Jones film. But it's also paced and staged like an Indiana Jones chase where like they're hitting stuff in the town to mm-hmm. to interact with the chase he's jumping from car to car and it feels that sort of loose you know he, is he gonna fall is he barely gonna make it mm-hmm. let alone he's you know 70 something years old or 80 how old is Harrison Ford now he'll be um, 80 when it opens I believe yeah so it, it's wow. to me the the I don't disagree with the CGI of it but I think the reason that they keep showing it and maybe why they believe in that clip so much is to me I was like that just feels like Indiana Jones and not that I had any worries with Mangold I am only reassured that I'm going to sit down and feel like I'm on another indie adventure. And I think that's, that's all we really want at the end of the day is that feel, but Sean brings up exactly kind of how I feel like, like we have, there's no, we have no problem with CGI. We know that it's it's a part of, it's a part of filmmaking. It always, it's going to to be, has to distract you. Yeah. Right. And I think one of the things that, you know, I, I see comments sometimes, you know, people are like, you know, you know, you're you're knocking CGI. I'm like, no, it's 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 genuinely about the idea of immersion. Like what Sean's talking about is exactly my point. When you're watching a movie, 
if you're automatic, if you're watching a scene and you're in it, right, you're in it, you're in the chase and all of a sudden your mind goes, oh, that's a green screen. Like that's the worst thing that could happen for an audience member in terms of like immersion break, because you you're then have to reset yourself emotionally to get back into it subconsciously, consciously, however you want to do it. And I think um, with the idea of filmmakers these days really leaning into practical like Jordan Peele and Chris Nolan uh, and even J.J. Abrams and a lot of these filmmakers doing so much practically uh, Tarantino. Um, we have examples of major films that do major action on a practical scale or like, you know, I mentioned Interstellar a lot like he didn't use green screen on that. He just projected images of space outside the windows to make it look like the well, Jamie. Actor. Jamie did in her first man, too. Exactly. And I think like uh, one thing I will say, look at what ILM's doing with like Mando, those gigantic screens. Yes. Yeah. Right. And sure. they look phenomenal. Like and, and, and these are these are obviously being done in a studio. You have these these flying sequences that look outstanding. You mentioned Damien in, in First Man. That's how they did like the moon landing and things like that. You just have it on a screen in front of you, put the the set piece there and then you film to the image. Um, and again, oh, going back, going back to this point about indie, um, I, I do find it frustrating when I see a shot like that, because and it, this is not me standing on a high horse and going, oh, come on, guys, CGI, practical effects. No, no, no. There there's got to be a way to make it cleaner. And that, that's the Sean's point is exactly what I'm talking about is like there's got to be some way like, for example, again, I'm not there. I haven't seen the scene altogether. But if I'm filming Harrison Ford in a chase scene and if we have the availability of screens to have images passing by him that we could put in front of him to make it not look like a green screen. I'm just trying to figure out what options they have. Maybe it could have been a filming thing. It could have been a timing thing. You never I know. I think you have to assume that between Spielberg it, producing their it, best, it being yeah. Disney that has all the resources, it being Mangold, who is not his first rodeo, they yeah. did the best that they, you have to think that they, they did the, yeah, they went well, the best option, like that's, but, 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 in, but look in at, this, look, in yeah. this movie, they are, uh, what seems to be very successfully de-aging Harrison yeah, Ford right. it looks to great. fit into right. a 1940s uh, scene. So you can't tell me that they don't have right. the resources to make this chase look more credible. It's and, almost like yeah. going back to like the 50s and 60s when you saw a conversation happening in a car. And, yes, the, and it's yeah. very clearly a screen going past kind yeah. of thing. Like I've seen behind the scenes videos of movies where people have been in a setting. And when I see the behind the scenes shot and I realize that they're in a in a studio someplace or it's been whatever's their environment around them is not where they were. I'm like, damn, that looked incredible. Yeah. I really believed you people were there and rear rear projection. I mean, stuff like that was so interesting. I know we got to move on. Um, and, and, and one of the things I will say is that, like, we I think Mangold, like like Gabe said, probably did the best he could in terms of that. But. We do see a lot of examples these days of of things that, you know, and I, there's so many f phenomenal CGI artists out there and, and, and CGI companies like Weta Digital and ILM and who work their asses off. I think some of the best CGI I've ever seen was in Pacific Rim. Sure. Uh, and we had and we had Del Toro on, the, on oh, for that. Yeah. I mean, there's just there. And again, I know it's very different, but, but there's a, I, there I just, is a there's it a just takes you out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but all. I think I think what we've been running into the last few years with cgi of wondering like why does it feel like it's plateaued where we're getting you know it, it felt like for a long time it just kept getting better and better and i'm sure it, it is always yeah. getting better and better but 
I think what we're realizing is that, you know, we call practical effects practical effects, but there is still a practicality to visual sure. effects, to CGI, that you, it's not an infinite resource. You don't have an infinite amount of time. And so sure. we're, it's always, it's always, productions are always going to run into that. Who knows why this looks that way? Who knows if it's going to look that way once right. it's done? Like, I'm, right. I'm curious, that's one note that I'm curious people coming out of can screening like if that's yeah, going to yeah, yeah. be a part of the conversation or if it's mm-hmm. just well because it was a problem yeah. with um with with uh the fourth one like if that was an mm-hmm. issue with the fourth one is yeah. that yeah. i felt like they were relying too heavily on visual effects to cheat his age and now you're coming back 10 years later where he's that much older <laughs> right. and we're yeah. still going to see a situation where they're trying to work their way around it. I want to get but to this. The, weekend. the point oh. the point you made, though, about the de-aging, though, is fascinating because that looks I, I do want to say that looks spectacular. Terrific. Like, I, I'm when they took his that that cover off his face in the first trailer. I was I my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, yeah. that's unbelievable. It's, it's AI. They're using literally yeah. actual images from Lucasfilm from like that time period of Ford's life when right. he played yeah. indie. I'm assuming Han Solo too, and the AI is then taking his performance from the older Ford on set and taking those older images and manipulating them to move. It's wild! It's the craziest. That's where I think AI is interesting. I, I'm. We can get into a whole AI rant later uh, on in a different topic. I'm very much against the whole like like AI being used for like everything in the world, but for little things like that, like a little sure. tool, sure. cool, cool. Uh, this weekend movies, there's a documentary is coming to Apple TV plus, uh, and I start, it's out right now. It's already available. Okay. Um, I started watching it at Kevin's recommendation and I was so engrossed in it. It's tremendous Mm. how it was made. I think Michelle and I made about 30, 45 minutes into it before we had to start. It's called still. Um, and it's uh, basically Michael J. Fox's story, uh, as told by him, essentially, to uh, Davis Guggenheim, who's an incredible uh, documentary filmmaker, and uh, it, they use footage, um, recreations and existing uh, footage from Michael J. Fox's early work to put together his story. Uh, Kev, you finished the whole thing and got an incredible opportunity to to talk to Michael J. Fox. Uh, for, start there. Tell us about getting a chance to sit across from him. Yeah, it was wild. And like there when I got the email like a, like five days before the interview, they were like, hey, we want you to come to New York to interview Michael J. Fox. I'm like that. What? Like, I, hmm. I, I just I just didn't think I'd ever have a chance to sit down with him. Um, you know, obviously, he's means a lot to everybody in our childhoods and things like that. Um, but that documentary was interesting as I was really nervous before I watched the doc and then I watched the documentary. And one of the things you learn in the documentary, Michael J. Fox talks about this idea of not pitying him. And and Mm. when you're, when you're speaking to him, just speak to him like you would at any time in his life, or if you had met him 30 years ago. Um, And so going into that room, I, I, I wanted to honor that aspect of just sitting down with him and just having a conversation, which is exactly what I did. And I was nervous. Don't get me wrong. Um, I had six minutes with him. It ended up going eight. Um, he was incredible. I had my Frighteners ticket uh, from the 90s, which I love. Uh, And he was so giving in his answers. And one of the things that uh, Sean brings up about the documentary, which is really brilliant, is how it's edited. And Davis Guggenheim essentially interviews him off camera and and Michael J. Fox is on camera. Um, But it's so cool. There there is it's it's partially an actor reenacting things. Mm -hmm. Then it's partially real footage of his movies 
using that to guide the story of his life. And brilliantly, and, like, like there's a sequence where they're cutting back and forth to to illustrate how he had to work on Family Ties and Back to the Future at the exact same time. And the way that they cut into like he'll walk into a scene yeah. <laughs> uh, on Family Ties and then explain like where he was. And then he's quick in the in the episode. He's like, ah, I got to go. And then they show like the reenactment of him going to Back to the Future. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's honestly one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And I know we got to move on. I, I one thing I'll say about it, the best compliment I can give it is that it feels like you're watching a movie rather than and, uh, it feels like you're watching a narrative feature rather yeah. than a documentary is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's like because like, the way the story is told, there's like an arc to it and you and you and you're like on edge and like it's really interesting kind of to watch it and then to cut back to him in present day and kind of have him guide us through it. And then his memoir is used as well. And it's really a fascinating film. Highly recommend it. The Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research, by the way, is like they've raised nearly two billion dollars and they've made some massive breakthroughs. Um, And I just urge everybody to watch it, at least for the awareness to bring awareness to it and and, and how you can help at all. I will say this and then we'll move on. When I sat down with him, dude, one one of the most positive like interesting, engaging, listening, talking about how much he loves his wife and his kids and and, and the optimism that he's gained from this experience. Um, Amazing. We can all learn a lot from sitting down with someone and, and, and listening to how they've taken something in their life and turned it into something positive and something mm. good. And I think he says uh, it's the gift that keeps on taking because obviously it's taking a toll on him physically, but he's mentally just right there. He's, and he's very engaged. So I was very honored for that um, opportunity. If people want to watch the interview, it's on my Instagram, but um, check out the documentary. It's on Apple TV plus, and it is a remarkable, remarkable doc. All right, let's take a really quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about uh, fast X and give our review. And we are back. Okay, so as Kevin mentioned uh, earlier, the big movie that everybody's going to be going to this weekend is Fast X, uh, a film that's projected to potentially make over $300 million globally. Uh, Gabe Gabe and I were able to see it. Kevin hasn't had a chance to yet see it. Kevin, do you want to take your earbuds out? We're not going to get into any kind of spoilers or. No, but just to give some quick context, Jake and I were in New York uh, on the day it screened. We were interviewing Gordon Ramsay for um, for his Fox TV shows. So the night it screened, Sean and Gabe went. uh, So uh, the the Fast and Furious fan in me was very jealous, but I'm seeing it (laughs) tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday. I'm seeing it Thursday. So I'll post a little review or a blurb on my Twitter on Friday if anybody's interested in my thoughts on it or I can just give it next week. So you guys take it. Away. All right. So my take on it is that there are uh, better Fast and Furious movies and there are definitely worse Fast and Furious movies. And I hate to <laughs> I hate to just kind of come across as like it falls in the middle for me, but it kind of falls in the middle for me. I thought that there were um, some really things, some really fun things that I uh, enjoyed and I went along with the silliness of it. I think the Rome sequence that you see in the trailer is remarkable and it goes on for a lot longer than you anticipate. It has a lot of the fun, like only in a Fast and Furious movie would you see some of this stuff happen. Um, <laughs> that, but I think, it, and I think I put this in my tweet, like it should be, it should be eighty-five to ninety minutes, and it's it's instead two hours and twenty-five. Minutes, I, I tell I you what, say. if if you yeah, if you could cut out at least a good forty-five from that. Yeah, it'd be a pretty incredible action movie because there are 
like there are s- like long subplots um, that don't go anywhere. Like that's my biggest issue with the story in general is that it's essentially a vengeance pick. It's Jason Momoa is mad at the Fast and Furious family. And how is he going to punish them? Um, and the movie by design separates the team. They they have to go in different directions in order sure. to complete the missions that they are on. Mm. Um, and that happens a bunch of times in the Fast and Furious movies. A yeah. lot of times, like we saw Roman and Tej go to space, you know, in, in <laughs> Fast 9 kind of thing. Um, awesome. But by the end of it, I was more exhausted than I was enjoying myself. There was a, a point where I kind of just hit like, I was like, all right, this guy, this has to. What are we doing here? Kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I love Cena. I thought John Cena was a ton of fun in it. And his little side mission was interesting, he's, but didn't really add anything. He's a to lot him. better in this. He gets to be a lot better in this than in nine. In nine, he was playing a very different character. I Absolutely. liked him in nine. I liked him in nine. But, but, yeah. in, but in, in this, this one, one has, he has his personality. I yes, think. he gets okay. to be a he gets to be a fun uncle in this one is the oh, character he's playing okay. instead of like. You know, the bad guy, the guy dressed in all black, a who, mad Toretto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because he switches his arc at the end of nine, right? Like he goes good at the end of nine. During they, make, that. they make up. I think yeah. Kind of where yeah. it ends up. If I yeah. remember. Um, and it's almost like but it's gotten to the stage where th- this one in particular is just a series of character introductions and each of the character introductions is just a fight is just a fight sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's Mia. And then she's in a big fight sequence. And then here's John Cena's character. And he's in the same fight sequence. And then they meet John uh, Jason Statham. And then there's a big fight sequence. And <laughs> Let- Letty meets Cypher. And then there's a huge si- fight sequence. <laughs> and uh, it's Sounds fine. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It, it, I, I really do think if you've enjoyed the Fast and Furious movies up to this point, you will not have the same exact problems that I had with it. Um, I I thought it was fine. I wanted it to be better. I I think that t- to me, and we'll talk about the blend game next. That like five and seven kind of exist mm. on another level, and I'm not quite sure if we'll get another movie that reached those two. But um, to me, it falls in a in a realm of like the two six uh kind of range. So, mm. uh, Gabe, you I like Kevin, it more. Kevin, you'll be I may be glad to hear this. It is. I had a lot more fun with it. I won't say it's better than I thought it was going to be, but I had a lot more fun with it than I expected. That makes me happy because Gabe is kind of over the years we been on the show, like mm-hmm. he kind of he checked out a Fast and Furious yeah. a while back. And so to so if Gabe is saying it's actually decent, it's like it's, <laughs> it's like if awesome. uh, yeah, it's like if I if my my relationship with uh, with Fast and Furious, like I'm going through the stages of grief. I think I'm at acceptance. And so it's, you know, the, I'm not quite as bothered as I That's used funny. to be. Yeah. That or I've just been I've been numbed to it at this point. But it was um, <laughs> no, the, the the parts of it that are fun are really fun. I, I liked that John Cena. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's the thing with Fast and Furious, with being critical of Fast and Furious. None of it matters. Like, right. like it's you can't right. be like, well, this doesn't logically make it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah but that doesn't matter to this franchise. So it, it doesn't. It's not worth criticizing, but John Cena in the last movie and John Cena in this movie are two completely different human beings that just happen to look like John Cena. <laughs> like, like there's no continuity of character. Like they yeah, just yeah. decided he's a different, he's, he gets to act completely differently, but he's great in this and he gets to be the John Cena that I think we've all kind of fallen in love with um, in recent years with some of his comedic stuff. Um, I Going into it, I felt that Momoa was either going to work or really yes. not work. And it worked like, like it didn't work in like, this Heard is he's awesome. The, yeah. It's not like he's like Joker level. Like this is one of the best villains in, in this, you know, cause he's doing a very over the top 
uh, flamboyant and kind of like just very over the top villain. It's not that he does that to an ascent to a, a, a sense that is like impressive, <laughs> you know, in like a serious dramatic way. It sounds it's fun. That, it's that he goes all in and doesn't like, he has no concern about being looking dumb, looking no. weird, looking, <laughs> yeah. looking funny, looking like, like it looks like, and hearing how some of the cast was talking about how every take he would do something completely different it's really fun to just kind of exist in that reality of like, okay, Jason Momoa just got to kind of have fun and do whatever. Yeah. And I'm having fun thinking about like, man, I wish I could see like all the other takes of what he did here. Cause it's just fun. It's, it's, it's not unhinged. Yes. It's unhinged, but it's, it's also just really silly and, and uh, unpredictable and, and strange in a, in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, you know, all the things that I criticize the recent fast stuff with like the, Oh, <laughs> Also, wait, I'm sorry. He he consistently throughout the movie calls Vin Diesel Dami. Which I just, which I just I think it's terrific. It's funny. Is that is that shot in the movie? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm always a sucker for like the the like there's like a racing scene that's just a straight up like yeah. old school like racing scene. Yeah. But there's like this cool shot I saw in the trailer where the the camera goes through a couple of the cars. Yes. And I, that I, is I, in there. They, they had done it before, but I just thought that shot looked really does that look cool in the movie? I thought that looked kind of cool yeah, it in the trailer. It looks, it looks, it looks cool yeah. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I will say one thing that was encouraging from our interview with uh, Leterrier is he talked about his approach was to strip down some of the he didn't use the word campy nature, but he's like stripped down some of the way that they use the agency and some of the spy like over the top spy stuff and make it more of a human story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about being excited to he says he feels like he's only made two thirds of a fast movie because he didn't get to prep this one. He shot oh. it and did post-production. So he's, he's talking about being in, in pre-production right now. And he's like, he's very excited to actually prep one and then shoot it and go around and pick his locations and stuff. So the fact that oh, he wow. is talking about it of like wanting, he didn't, I don't think he used the word grounded, but wanting it to be more human and, and a little less of the over the top camp stuff is the sense that I got from his quote. Like I'm excited to see what 11 is now with him kind of taking over full cloth. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I was glad that I enjoyed it more than I expected. It's it's not that it's great, but I had fun with it and I wasn't like, I wasn't sitting down. I was like, am I going to regret the next three hours of my life? Like, am yeah, I? No, I didn't, I didn't feel nine, that way at all. I le- leaving nine and I hate to talk about any movie like this, but leaving nine, I was like, man, I kind of regret <laughs> that I sat down to watch that. Like I just, <laughs> like, I just it didn't, didn't work for me, but this one, this one, I, I had a bit of fun. So that's, it was encouraging for me. Mm-hmm. How did it play with an audience? I mean, ours was flat. Ours was pretty, pretty flat. Was, I hate to say. Ours was good. Was yours open? Did you have public? Yeah, we had public. We, yeah, we had open to the mm. public as well. Um, they were really responsive. Like there was a lot of uh, um, vocal reactions. I w- this is a spoiler, so I won't. I won't say it. Actually, you kind of say it. I forget how you do I it. I say it in it. the interview. I dance around it. I, I won't say it because I want Kevin to. There's a moment with Momoa's character that is is very drastic. I'll just use the word drastic. I don't want to give Kevin any hints that uh our audience was like oh like are like are they actually like <laughs> kind of gasped like what yeah um because it goes to a place that you're not really expecting it goes fast. to like like a michael bay's pain and gain type. oh yeah yeah okay it, yeah. in I, a really I, dark intrigued like yeah. when it happened i was like where what are we Ooh, doing? It was like, here? wow, what are we doing here? Kind of thing. Yeah, you'll see, so. you'll know it. So I think Kevin, uh, I think Kevin, you'll have a good time with it. I think because I think of Kevin all the other stuff, it. really works for you, and the characters really work for you, and that's where I tend to check out. Is like, I'll give you my hot take, and I know we we are running out of time in today's show. My hot take that I told Sean is, 
unfortunately, I think that if this franchise, like if they were going to continue to make fast movies after this next, you know, three or seven that they decide to end hand on, <laughs> um, I think that fast without Dom could be a really, really great franchise mm. because I feel too much. It's relying on painting him as a hero, painting him as a superhero and, and the story itself always having to come back to him. Mm. Whereas there's a lot of other interesting characters and, and great actors who are taking on these roles that are just kind of sidelined and only get so much of a story to tell versus it always having to come back to like, why is Dom the most important person in this? So I'm if they're going to continue to make fast movies, which I think if the next three make a billion dollars, we're going to figure out a way to make more of them. I would love to see a version where Vin Diesel kind of passes the torch and maybe we get a little bit different a different feel of a story that's not centered around Dom. Cause that to me, are, that's the central issue. Are there two end credit scenes? There's one. one. And then okay. there's also one that feels like it should have been an end credit scene. Okay. But Which, so stay through the credits though. Stay through the credits. Okay. Yes. Stay cool. through the credits. Cool um, so our blend game this week is hashtag fast and furious blend. I mentioned during our tier list episode, which if you want to go back and listen to the tier list, that's the most recent episode that we did prior to this one. Um, the only S tier that I gave the franchise was Fast Five. I really think Fast Five was one of the ones where and and I had given up uh, with where Gabe was talking about giving up on the series. I gave up after Fast Four. Like Fast Four to me was not well done and was kind of boring. Um and I was like, all right, I, I've seen all I need to see out of the, these movies. And then was so surprised at how much I enjoyed Fast Five um, and everything about uh, just the camaraderie of the team and uh, the, the set pieces that they cooked up for it. And of course, the the bank vault scene, which is oh, so incredible and so same. ridiculous and, and just great. <laughs> so uh, I will have to stick with Fast Five. As my blend game pick, Gabe, did you also agree with that? Or I so Fast Five, I said go check out our tier list. I said that that's one I I I want to go back and rewatch because I had been checked out and I don't think I gave that necessarily a fair shake. It's great, given that so many people talk about it so glowingly, I haven't seen it since it came out and I don't I don't remember enough to be like I'm particularly fond of it. I just kind of from four on, I remember being checked out for the most part. Um, so I think a- I'm gonna go. I, oh. I I fully regret not giving this an S now. Because I'm going to say Tokyo Drift Tokyo is my Drift. favorite. Oh, I, I love the Underrated. first one. And I, I gave my reasons last week about how important that one is. And yeah, Tokyo Drift to me is is probably my favorite to to rewatch and, and live with. Just because I love it's the, fun. I love the culture that it drops us into. I love those characters. It's weird in a fast way, but it's um, yeah, yeah, favorite of mine. Uh, it's very strange that for the past two weeks we've been talking heavy fast and <laughs> Kevin hasn't had a chance to really weigh in. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, being the legitimate flag waving Fast and Furious fan on this franchise. So, Kev, where did you go for yeah. your pick for your favorite episode of the Fast Saga up until this point? See, it, it, for me, it's tough because favorite comes into play here very interestingly because I was working in a movie theater when the first one came out. So mm. I went and saw it nine times in theaters. I would, I would, I would, I would literally get off work and go to the last show. I have all nine. I have all nine of those individual times that I saw it. Uh, tickets <laughs> still. Um, the first one was, cause it also, the first one came out at a time where like, car shows and like my buddies and I would like go to a Best Buy parking lot and people would be showing off their Honda Civic SIs and like Toyota, <laughs> you know, Celicas and like, it's you so know, weird the- that you say that because Virginia is so big for car shows, huge, 
huge. You know, when dude. I was living in Maryland and D.C., like Virginia was enormous for car shows. Massive. Like, dude, my, my buddy had a Honda Civic Si with like a 400 horsepower like turbo. It was unbelievable. I mean, my buddy had a, a green eclipse like, like like they did in Fast and Furious. The only um, reason that that car is popular at all is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the Toyota Supra from the original. Um, my the, dream the car, orange. my dream car, which I'll never be able to afford, is a Skyline, which is his car, that blue and white. Dude, the Skyline. GTR. That, they the, have a street legal now, like a newer one's GTR. Right. But. And the right side drive, right? The 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 old well, no, Skyline. Right? So the twenty nineteen, I forget what year it was. They they released yeah. a, GT, a GTR um, that's finally finally street legal and like a, an American version. Yeah, those are great cars. Uh, it's a Nissan, right? It's a Nissan, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, so for me, Fast Five, I think is the best movie of the bunch. Seven is my favorite. Uh, just because of the nature of what they had to deal with, with Paul Walker dying in the mm-hmm. middle of production, just to clarify, he didn't die while shooting the movie, he died outside of the production. But, you know, that was a really interesting because James Wan directed that. That also has some of my favorite action I've seen in fast. Like the the this the car the car skydiving sequence is unbelievable. I love that scene and the whole bit they do with 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 Tyrese's character where he's scared and they and they and they and they use the you know the parachute and everything and they parachute down into like this winding road for this massive action scene. Um, but I also thought the the uh, the last sequence in that film the the split off shot with uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Mm -hmm. I think they used older footage of Paul Walker from one of the earlier fast films. And I just thought that was one of the, is that when his, like they superimposed it on his brother was his brother in that, or is that? Yes. So seven is, but the scene at the end of seven, Mm -hmm. when they split off is an actual shot from Paul Walker from an earlier fast film. Um, It was such a tasteful way to do that, like the, the just the, the split off shot as they drove off that and I get the hair in my arm stands up when I think about that, because Paul Walker, you know, an underrated movie of his, by the way, Running Scared, if you haven't seen it, um, he, he was a big part of my life from that from high school forward. So I mean, I was watching him in all these movies for for years and, you know, his passing was a really was was big for me. I mean, from a, I guess I love this franchise. Um but the idea of his two brothers stepping in mm-hmm. to film the rest of his scenes is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard in my life. Like, and yeah. I think his daughter is in the new one, Meadow, is, yeah. uh, um, yep. which I'm very excited to she see. Cool, she has a cool part. Yeah. Which yep. I'm very interested in seeing how they're going to play with that. But like, just, you know, and listen, like, I don't think that, you know, I think I think the way they use the brothers in this in, in seven was just beautiful. Um, I love seven. Uh, I just find the action to be amazing. The reason why I feel five is the best is because they, the way they utilize the rock and Dwayne Johnson's character oh, is just, God, yes. Epic. And in yeah. seven, he was sidelined. I think seven's the one where he's like in the hospital. He does come yes. out at the end and he has yeah. a huge action scene. Um, seven emotionally is just my favorite. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just a really beautiful tribute to Paul Walker, but while also still being an awesome fast film, like yeah. that movie could have been really sad to watch. And to me, it was just, it, it felt like, uplifting and like celebrating him and the character and the mm-hmm. action and the franchise and like it's such a good job with that and um i just I, I was very very impressed is is all is seven also the one i'm trying in my mind seven's also the one where they the, the car jumps out of the big building into the in other the building right East. yeah yes. seven's oh yeah seven is awesome man you know what i saw I, so i saw I a, a picture 
saw a picture from that sequence uh, today, and I forget whatever party they had to infiltrate to get to yeah. those cars. And the cars up in the like the hundredth floor of the building. Yeah. Dom is wearing a suit, <laughs> and I thought that's so like he should wear the non Toretto gas station shirt more often because when he was yeah. in a suit, it looked kind of cool. Like him and Paul Walker were both in suits, and I know that they you had guys, to you guys tear out through those. You guys notice he's always flexing in every scene. You ever notice? Oh, really? sure. Oh, dude. Really? I, watch, watch in I Fast would 10. too if I was on camera on, on IMAX. It's distracting. Like, watch in Fast 10. Any scene where he's supposed to be at all, you know, like tense or whatever. Watch his hands. Vin Diesel's hands are gripped oh. so tight because he's just walking around fully flexing. I know. I lines. know we're past it. and I know we're completely out of time. But yeah, Gabe, yeah, yeah. do you do you have to also agree to the fact that I thought Vin Diesel actually gave a performance in, in 10? Um, like there are moments where I think he had to actually give a performance. And I think he did a good job. Maybe the opening didn't work for me, which he has an emotional moment in that that opening with, okay. with like his son. Yeah, it's more of like I just I'm like, oh, I just don't I, I'm not as connected to, you know, the character anymore but yeah maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe if i rewatch it there's there's more to it there but i, was I wouldn't say that that's something i <laughs> i touched on all right audience picks uh harry lichtman went with seven zen jake went with fast five rachel sends a curveball uh with i have literally only seen one fast and Wait. furious movie fast and furious six and i've oh. seen it at least a dozen times. <laughs> I did not know that's where that sentence was going. Oh, Only wow. that, one. Well, that one. Okay. But a dozen okay. times. So it's yeah. like, I guess you enjoy it. Uh, Isaiah Washington also went with Furious 6. Uh, Carolina Missouri said The Fast and the Furious, first one, and lots of love for the first one across the board. We want to thank everybody for participating in this. Um, we'll have more fast talk next week when I'm sure we discuss the box office and Kevin will be able to give his review of it, uh, having seen it for next week. Going along with the fact that the Little Mermaid is returning to theaters, we're going to be playing hashtag Disney live action blend. So get your favorite picks I, for Disney live action. Well, hang on. I know that's oh. technically that's how we would usually play this. But oh. given that there's so few of those and in general, middling to not great. I think for this one, for Disney live action blend, I want to ask what classic or what what Disney animated project do you want to see in live action next? Oh, would, interesting. So like a one that you love, one that you think that would work, you can pitch it however you want. Okay. But I think you're like, okay, they're giving the live action treatment. What is a classic Disney movie? And classic can mean the classic classics. It can mean frozen. Um, doesn't necessarily mean old, but that you want to see in, in live action. Okay. Well, there you go. It's more fun. Good. You think that's more fun? I feel like that'd be more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think we could do that. Um, we got to run. Kevin and I both have screenings. Our next premium episode. You have to run. You have to walk there. Boogie man. Literally run there. Uh, <laughs> our next premium episode drops on Monday. Check the descriptions below for where you can sign up for that information. We are on social media at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and the show is at Real Blend. Hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. We'll be back with a new one next week. And until then, Oppenheimer, Arby, Hockey Pads. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.